<laughs> Let's try it again. How are you doing this morning? Great? Okay, that's better. That's good. I'll take that. I'll take that. <laughs> Lord can take a seed and prosper it and grow it until it becomes more than we ever imagined it could be. That's just like your life. You're a seed planted by the Lord in his kingdom. <laughs> and only he knows just how amazing will be the life that you live and the fruit that comes from it, the lives that will be touched and changed here and around the world. Let's join together in prayer before we go any further, shall we? Heavenly Father, we stand amazed in your presence, awed by your, by your very being. You are more than we ever imagined. You have become for us our everything. Lord, we are here this morning not to hear people. We are here this morning to receive from you. We're here to receive the words that flow from your heart. And it's my prayer this morning that out of your heart, you would flow, cause to flow the words of life. And it would saturate each one of us here in your presence. Prepare us for what's to come. Because we know that you are to come. And our desire is to be ready in your sight. In Jesus' name. In Jesus name. Amen. Amen. I tell you, whenever I get in the presence of the Lord, I can get emotional. He is so overwhelming. And I just like to let the Lord have his way. Um, there was a time in my life when all the messages and things that I would preach were line upon line, line upon line. But since that time, I just like to let the Lord guide and lead. I'm prepared, I've studied, I have it all. But when we gather together, something unique and special happens. And it is that you are here, and the Lord loves each of you more than you can imagine. And he wants you to receive from him. And that's why I want to be hidden and let him be known. So I want us to imagine that we're on a journey with the Lord this morning. Let's pretend, it's not pretend, but that we're one of his disciples. And that we're following him as he walks through the hills of Galilee. Or, or Judea. Let us imagine that we are a part of that group of inner disciples that sat with him and ate with him and supped with him, slept in or perhaps around a campfire with him, but they spent their days and nights in his presence. Because that's what makes the difference between an ordinary and an extraordinary. Like the apostles of old, when they were questioned and they, people wondered where, how could they, they're, they're unlearned fishermen, how can they talk this way? And they, 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 there's the note made that, oh, they were with Jesus. Now before we go any further, I, I want to read a, a poem that I wrote. And uh, it's 
it's appropriate because of, of communion that we've just had. And ever since journey through cancer and all of that, and many of you have gone through that, perhaps going through the same, I discovered that the Lord had deposited a gift inside of me that allowed me to receive from him like I'd never received before. And it, he began to come to me and speak in, in, in words of, of, of poetry, poems. And some are short, some are long, but I just have this sense overwhelming me that they were all, they came from him. Because I go back and read them and I wonder, you know, I feel like he was the guy, he was guiding my hand to put it down on paper. And this one is called Crosses and Bridges. The phrase came to me, I always put a time stamp on, the, on, on these things. Because sometimes I'll, I'll get them in the wee hours of the morning. I'll get a phrase. And that phrase, I might not do anything with it at the moment, but it's there. And I know that if I have the phrase, I can get the rest of it later. It's like DNA. I just need the DNA of heaven in that message, and I can get the rest of it. It'll come. God will do it. He'll make it grow until I have it all out, what's supposed to be there. So this, this one I got at, on November 10th, 2019 at 11, at, a, at 11 in the morning. 11, 12 after 11 if you want to be exact. <laughs> Some of them come at 2 in the morning, others at 4 in the morning, others. But this one, it is what it is, crosses and bridges. When the cross became a bridge, they were united again, both God and man, all creatures throughout creation then. As they stood to laud him to worship, they did understand that the price God paid for man was all part of his plan. When the cross became a bridge, the desperate and dying found a friend and healing balm in a darkness deep and profound. On the bridge's end, they waited to dry sorrow's tears and renew their joyful spirits with the gift of endless years. A promise made is a promise kept, says he who rose from death. From empty tomb to his throne room swept the spirit's breath. There inside the promise made rose meaning and forgiveness, and escape from death, fruit of his blood, for mankind's deliverance. That he paid the price, t'was always in his plan. And all that was lost was given back to man. Our God in heaven rejoices with laughter and with tears to have purchased man back again after all these earth years. For they, they are his children who have been made in his image. All were made just like him. Each reflects his perfect visage. Now you might Maybe you don't feel like you're made in his perfect image, but you are. Even though much has happened in the world since man appeared on earth and God created us here, to distort that image, the enemy of our souls, Satan, the fallen cherub, who has worked to destroy and disrupt and derail the plan of God from the very beginning when man appeared on earth. Even though much has happened to destroy us, the cross became a bridge. Jesus came for the express purpose 
Yes, he taught many wonderful things, and all of that was meant to be so we could have it, that we might disciple one another in our journey from here to there. But he came so that he could offer himself as a sinless, guileless, perfect sacrifice to take our place, much deserved, on the cross. It was our punishment, the punishment of our sins for which he died. It wasn't a mistake. It wasn't a misreading of history. It wasn't the evil intent of man alone that took our Savior, our Messiah, and took him and nailed him to a cross. If, if the devil had known he was playing into God's hands, he never would have. He would, inspired, he would have inspired Pilate to embrace Jesus. Oh, we love you, we love you, we love you. But behind the scenes was the guiding hand of God who knew that this one who was born in a manger would be the sovereign King of kings and Lord of lords. He would come and offer his life on the cross of Calvary for the, for the purpose of the redemption of man. Your redemption and mine. He became the Lamb of God. When John the Baptist saw Jesus coming toward him at the River Jordan to be baptized by him, what did he say? This prophet who ate locusts and honey in the wilderness. Crazy as a bat, you might think. But he had the true word of God on his lips. And when he spoke, you trembled. Because it was the Spirit of God that came upon you to convince you and to reveal to you the truth of what he was to declare. And when he saw Jesus coming his way, <laughs> they were cousins, by the way. John was older, but Jesus was greater. He said, you, here comes the Lamb of God that takes away the sin of the world. That's why he came, to take away the sin of the world, the weight of our imperfections, our, our failures, the weight of our separateness. The cross became a bridge to take us over the chasm of our lostness so that we could stand in God's presence covered in righteousness, covered in the glory of God, just as if we'd never offended God a day in our life. He carried us you know, through the cross, to the, over the, the bridge of our, uh, through the blood of Christ, became a bridge, taking us from our place here in the world that is broken, preparing us for the world that is perfect. So that we could go from here to there, not because of our own goodness or greatness, but because of His. The Scripture says that He who knew no sin became sin for us, that we might become the righteousness of God in Christ. Let me repeat that. Let me repeat that. It's worth repeating. Jesus, who knew no sin, became sin for us. Wow, think about that. The Son of God, eternal, in the heavens. We have the eternal Son, who has always been with the Father and the Spirit, one, the three in one, 
They are eternal in the heavens. But this son became the incarnate one in the manger in Bethlehem, born to, the, born to Mary and Joseph. He became the incarnate son of God. He became the incarnate fullness of God in human form. He became the eternal son, became the newborn son, so that he might be, through his life, death, burial, and resurrection, get us back to God. Thank you, God. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Now, today's message would probably be different than last night's, but uh, <laughs> we get... But it's because we have a different group here. There's a group of people that need some things that last night didn't need. Another, every time you get in, with people, God ministers to us according to our needs. According to what he sees we need. I want us to go into Colossians for a minute. Because I, what I'm in, attempting to do is inspire in you faith and hope. Faith and hope because we have the love of God surrounding us. Faith flourishes where love abounds. Faith flourishes where love abounds. Faith, hope, and love, Paul said, they will last forever, but the greatest is love. Why? It's in the atmosphere of faith, that, in the atmosphere of love, that faith will flourish. It's in an atmosphere of love and faith that hope abounds as well. Hope, the foundation of hope is faith. Faith is the substance of things hoped for. Hope without faith is just wishful thinking. It's just, I hope it'll come to pass. I hope that's the truth. But when faith is backing it, Hope says, I know my hope is secure in the heavens. I know my God reigns. I know I am redeemed. I know my name is written down in the Lamb's book of life. I know I have the Father's name and I will be where he is and that he's coming back for me. Amen. Amen. So we're going into Colossians. For a moment. Because something else I've discovered. It is that our faith cannot grow any bigger than our picture of who Jesus is. Yeah. Our faith is limited by who we believe Jesus to be. Who we know him to be. I'm not talking about knowledge up here. But the knowledge in here. You can have your head full of knowledge. You can memorize every book that's ever been written. But the knowledge of God is the knowledge that it isn't just what registers here. It's what becomes an explosion in your inner man, in the spirit that dwells within you. Amen. Quick lesson in anthropology, biblical. Spirit, soul, and body. But we're one. We're not meant to die and be separate. But we are, we have a spirit that will outlive this body. It's that spirit that is born again when we receive Jesus. It's that spirit that needs to be enlightened so that we can know the difference between truth and deception. 
It's that the eyes of the Spirit, and we'll get to that in a minute, that need to be opened so that we can know that we know that we know that we know the truth. Let's get to the Word here. Do you remember the first time the Word came alive to you? I was a college student. I believed you could get to God any way you chose. That was until I ran into two stubborn Christians (laughs) who who began to share with me on the love of God in the love of the Spirit. I thought something's different about them. They're just, they, they carry a presence with them that I hadn't encountered before. I was a college student, but I, I, these Christians came to me, started sharing the Word of God. And they were sharing just, just simple scriptures, Jesus, He's the way, the truth, the life. Oh my gosh, that cut through me like hot knife through butter. It went right past my mind, right past my rational self, and exploded on the inside of me. I said, what is this? And for the first time in my life, I came into contact with the presence of God. Not something I imagined to be the presence of God. I had a friend on the campus. We used to talk a lot about these kinds of things usually putting Christianity down, but we went into the chapel one day and trying to sense the presence of God. And she would say, I think I feel the presence of God. I I don't feel the presence of God. I don't even know what to expect. But when these believers began to share with me their faith in Christ, based on the scriptures and shared with me Jesus, the way, the truth, and the life, no man can come unto me except through Christ. No man can come unto the Father except through, the, through Jesus. That exploded inside of me like nobody's business, and I came into contact with the other world. Not the world of darkness, but the world of light. Not the world of lostness, but the world of hope and faith. And two weeks later, I got down with one of them who came back, shared with me and talked with me, and we knelt and prayed. And I didn't get halfway through my prayer, and I didn't know how to pray. So I just said, Lord, forgive me of all my sins. I believe you're Jesus. You're the Son of God. I receive you, and just as I was receiving you, it was the, everything lit up on the inside. Oh my goodness. This is what we were talking about. This is that ocean of God's love. This is that forgiveness, that washness, that being clean on the inside. This is what it feels like to be forgiven. This is what it's like to be enlisted into the army of God to become a child of the Father. This is what that is all about. And I got up from there. I just looked 
everything was filled with God. I looked at the trees. I looked at the people. There was no empty space. God filled it all. I could sense his presence in everyone, in, around everyone, and between everything. And I knew that something supernatural had taken place. God of glory chose to reveal himself in me. And that same God of glory is here to reveal himself in you. Thank you, Jesus. Now, Colossians. I want you to be encouraged. That was Paul's desire. Colossians 2, verses 2 and following. I think we have that in the slide there. My purpose is that they may be encouraged in heart, united in love, so that they may have the full riches of complete understanding, in order that they may know the mystery of God, namely Christ. The mystery of God, namely Christ, in whom are hidden all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. Hey, remember what I said about your faith can't be any bigger than your comprehension of who Jesus is. Many of us have just a a one-dimensional picture of who the Christ is. One-dimensional picture. Oh, you remember perhaps you're the stories from Sunday school. I can remember as a child hearing stories in Sunday school and not knowing, never coming into the contact with the living God. The only message I remember growing up in church, and it wasn't a church like this, it was a message preached by the bishop as he came back from a missions trip to South America. He preached a on-fire message about the resurrection of Christ. I remember that out of all of them because the presence of God was in it. And so listen to these words about who Jesus is. Paul said, I've come to encourage you. I tell you this so that no one may deceive you by fine-sounding arguments. We're living in an era when there are many fine-sounding arguments based on the system of the world and its worldview. But the way the world is organized, it is not the way it was meant to be. If sin had not entered the world and Adam and Eve had been able to propagate and spread the humanity all over the face of the earth and develop the, 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 the planet the way it was supposed to have been developed, it would look very different than today. We wouldn't have homeless in the streets. We wouldn't have people begging bread. We wouldn't have people unjustly imprisoned. We wouldn't have people who have been wronged from the day they were born to the day they die, looking for revenge or vengeance or whatever you want to call it, let me tell you, this is not the place you're going to find it. It is the heavenly judge who will declare all things as they are because he is true and faithful and will not let things stand. And the wrongs of all the ages will be dealt with. We will stand in his presence covered with the blood of the Lamb. Alive in him because of the righteousness of Christ that is ours. Thank you, Lord. Clothed with robes of righteousness. Thank you, Lord. Not our own, 
but his. He is our wisdom. He is our strength. He is our salvation. He is our sanctification. He is our life. I want to build your picture of Jesus for a minute. Out of that Sunday school version to the real life version. Jesus. I'm going to go down. We're going to read further down in the chapter. In verse 9, for example. For in Christ all the fullness of the deity lives in bodily form. He didn't have just a little bit of God. He didn't have God, small g. It wasn't a quasi-God. It wasn't a demigod. It was God in his fullness in Christ, in human form. Jesus said, in answer to one of his disciples who asked, show us the Father. Jesus said, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. The fullness of the Father is in me, in other words. And Jesus told us everything he did and said, he did out of the flow of his oneness with his Father. He couldn't help but do anything else. As the Father speaks, he speaks. As the Father loves, he loves. As the Father speaks and commands, so does he. And you have been given fullness in Christ. Don't ever feel like you've been cheated. Don't ever let anyone ever make you feel less than. Worth less. There are no damaged goods in heaven. There are no second class citizens in heaven. There are no stepchildren who aren't accepted as full stature children of God in heaven. We are fully and completely one with him and a part of his family and accepted as one of his sons and daughters on equal terms with Jesus. Hallelujah. Glory. Glory is right. There will be and is and shall be. If you could see Jesus, you, what would you be looking at? You'd be looking at glory. The devil hates glory. And in 2 Corinthians, isn't it, chapter 4, somewhere in there, where it says that the, Satan fights this. He fights, he wants to put a blinder on, on everyone so they cannot see the glory, the light of the glory of Christ. They cannot see the light of the glory of God shining in the face of Christ. They cannot, he cannot stand it when the, glory, the light of the gospel of Christ is preached. He cannot stand it. But whenever the word of God is preached in its truth and its fullness, the glory of God will abound and abound and abound and abound. And wherever the glory of God abounds and abounds and abounds and abounds, His Spirit is flowing and flowing and flowing. 
And he's looking for open vessels just like you to pour himself through, to fill up what is lacking in this world of his presence and the knowledge of his kingdom. You are an ambassador, although we're not in chains, some are. You are an emissary of the kingdom on mission. You have been sent with a proclamation into the nations to declare to the living that which Christ has done, to preach repentance in my name to all nations, he said, to teach whatever I have taught, to make disciples of all peoples everywhere around the world, Jesus said. Bring them, teach them, disciple them, baptize them. Don't leave any out. Go into the highways and the byways. Go wherever they are. Go where no one goes. Go where no one wants to go. Maybe you're the one he's going to send where no one wants to go. The Dominicans, we've sown a vision for foreign missions in them so they could grasp the importance of taking the gospel from there out there. Where do they want to go? They want to go among the unreached people groups of the earth. Most of them are Muslim. Most of them are closed nations where you cannot legally preach. But let me tell you, God goes before those who go for him. He opens doors that no man can close. He can get into the hearts of people when we can't even get into their minds. He pours out dreams and visions and prepares the soil so they can come to Christ and be united with all the brothers and sisters of every age around the world and throughout all time. Because there is a time that's coming, and I want us to close by going into Revelation chapter 19. There's so much more to share, but we're going to go into Revelation 19. We're going to take a trip into the future. We're going to read and witness a scene that hasn't happened yet, but will. John was given that privilege to see it. And he sees a throng before the throne of heaven, of the redeemed, of the saints, of the servants of the Most High. And I would venture to say that you are among them. Maybe when he looked into that crowd gathered around the throne, he saw your face. He saw your uncle. He saw your brother. He saw your dad. He saw your grandmother. He saw your child standing before the throne of God or maybe on their faces in worship. I'll start a little bit further down where it says, 24 elders and the four living creatures fell down and worshiped God who was seated on the throne. And they cried, Amen. Hallelujah. That wasn't much of a cry. Amen. Hallelujah. Then a voice came from the throne saying, Praise our God, all you his servants who fear him, both great and small. Then I heard what sounded like a great multitude, like the roar of rushing waters, like the loud peals of thunder shouting, Hallelujah, for our God Almighty reigns. Let us rejoice and be glad and give him glory. For the wedding of the Lamb has come, and his bride has made herself ready. Fine linen, bright and clean, was given her to wear. That was the righteousness of Christ through the acts, 
through their, their obedience and faith. That's a throne we're going to be standing in the midst of. If you have Christ in your heart, that's the, that's the truth of it. Jesus came to save, seek and save the lost. We were all lost yes, yes. until he found us. Blind until he made us see. Yes. Dead in our sins yes. until he gave us yes. life yes. again. You see, we need that inner, that spirit inside of us to be made alive again. That's the part that leaves our body and goes to join him in heaven. That's the part. And if we're going to do that, we need our spirits to be born from above and given his nature. Peter tells us that we have been given the nature of God in Christ. Get used to hearing it because it's true. The old nature, gone. You have a new nature. You have a new nature. And if you make Jesus Christ your Lord and Savior, He is. But accept Him. And let Him do in you what you couldn't do for yourself. Discover, perhaps for the first time, what the real presence of God is like. Then when Revelation 19 happens whether it's next year or in a hundred years, you will be among that throne. And perhaps it was your face that John saw in the multitude. So let's stand. And what I would like for us to do before Leanne comes is open our spirits to him. Open our hearts before him. I believe they are open. The Holy Spirit has been, is here in a powerful way. You sense his presence. Talking to us, ministering to us. And what he's asking of us is don't let anything rob his place in your life. There's only room for one on the throne of your heart. It's Jesus. There's only room for one in the room of your heart, and it's God. I want you to invite him to fill you with his fullness. Now, most of you are believers. Some may have doubts, and I, that can, we can settle that today. But all of us can open our hearts. And if you feel convicted of something, say, Jesus, fill me with your fullness. Forgive me of my offense, if I've, for my offenses, for my not giving you my all. 
Just give him who you are today and say, cleanse me, heal me, make me your own. Heavenly Father, to you we look and surrender ourselves. And we accept without doubt or reservation the declaration of Scripture that your Son Jesus is our Savior, our Master, our Lord. And we receive the fullness of Him today as we ask you to cleanse our hearts, Lord, of any sin and obstacle that has stood in your way. Lord, we pray this for the one who's praying and receiving you for the first time and making Jesus Christ Lord. And for everyone else, Lord, who just are wanting to reaffirm the fact that you are the one they love above all things. Make us full of your presence, born again by your Spirit, sealed and saved for now and forever. And we shall praise you with our lips and with our lives. In Jesus' name. name. Amen. 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 Leanne.